They're here, everyone. They are the smart kids at the shops with their mothers or fathers, riding their bikes around the streets and playing down by the river, as well as talking to their friends on their smartphones. Join the smart kids each week as they discover, explore, and solve the mysteries of today. Here's your host, J.T. Crowley. Hello, and welcome to Podcast 14. I hope you're all well, and that you're all safe and enjoying life. Last week, I took you to Syria, and that's where we met Saif and his brother Sahid. I hope you enjoyed the story, uh, thought about it, and the question I asked, well, it wasn't a question, it was a thought. I wonder if you thought about it, you know, how would you like to be in his position as a refugee? And as I said, I wouldn't want to be in that um, place, that position, and I'm sure a lot of you wouldn't want to either. But it'd be interesting to hear from any of you your thoughts on that issue. It was a particularly poignant story, but it was a story that needed to be told. Anyway, that was last week. This week, as I said, I'm bringing you to Canada, uh, Quebec City to be precise, and it's here that we find Marlena. Now, she's 15 years old, she has a sister who's 12, and in Canada, their national sport is ice hockey. So, Malena is an absolute ice hockey fanatic. She loves her ice hockey. All the knocks and the bruises and the hard crunches that she takes, but she absolutely loves it. But the story is as I say in my description, is multifaceted. The story, although I touch about and talk about ice hockey and all its rules, its regulations, which I've learned about, it's also about um, a young teenage girl who really is dealing with homelessness, um, um, alcohol and drug addictions and school bullying. These are issues that she's facing in her life, not personally herself, but issues that are around her. And it's, it's her mother who is, for whatever reasons, has become a drug addict, an alcoholic drug addict, left the home and is homeless on the streets of Quebec City. And it's the story really of a young teenager's um, perspective on how to handle, deal, um, cope with, if you want to use that word, with a parent who has fallen on, how shall I say, challenging and difficult times. So as you say, as I say all the time, a lot of my stories of the 17 characters throughout the book, they've all got issues, modern day issues, which they are facing. And it's how they go about it, because that's the whole point of the book. It's young people talking about issues that face them today with a little bit of humour in at times, and how they go about their lives. So this story uh, was really aimed at the uh, 11 to 13 year olds. And it's, it's a situation that a lot of kids, and I say, no, that's the wrong word, some kids find 
themselves in dealing and having to support a parent um, through a difficult time. And of course, it's robbing them in a way of their childhood and their teenage youth years when they just want to be teenagers or just kids and unfortunately can't. So this is the story of Milano. And every week I say to you, I'm going to read you a story, uh, part of the clip, uh, so as you get a feel for the story. And that's what I'm going to do now. So sit back, find that comfy chair and listen to part of the story. This is Malena. The fall was Malena's favourite time of the year. She loved to see the trees that lined the avenues and parks around her home of Quebec City, put on their autumnal colours of golds, coppers and scarlets. The splash of colour that decked the city would be short-lived, as the heavy snows of winter would shortly put in an appearance. She loved the fall, as that meant Halloween, and for all the neighbours' houses would be decorated with goblins, trolls, scarecrows and wizards, along with other spooky stuff. Shop windows would be adorned with carved-out pumpkins, and the candles or little lights that were placed beside them would light up their scary faces in the night. But more importantly, she loved the fall, as it meant the start of the ice hockey season. Quebec City sits on the St. Lawrence River in Canada's mostly French-speaking Quebec province. One of its main parks is the Plains de Abraham, and it was here Malena found herself sitting on a park bench with her sister next to a cannon that had been mounted on a small plinth. The building behind them, on Avenue George VI, was the Fondation de Musée National des Brigeux Arts de Quebec, a well-known city landmark. Every Saturday morning, the two sisters would come to this park bench and wait patiently for their mother to turn up. Some Saturdays, their mother would turn up. If she did, she was invariably late and always weighed down by the plastic bags that contained her worldly possessions. Other Saturdays, she simply didn't show. On those occasions, the sisters would phone their father and if he was not available to escort them, they would, escort, they would phone a few of the lads from the boys' school ice hockey squad for protection. It was too dangerous for Malena and her sister to go on their own, searching the streets amongst the homeless, the down-and-outs, the dropouts, the mentally disturbed and the drug addicts. For years, their mother had suffered from bouts of depression, alcohol and drug addiction. Ever since her own mother died of a result of her overdosing on cocaine, the depression and the addictions appeared to be hereditary on their mother's side. The family tree exposed several family members having suffered or died from related mental illness problems. A cold chill from the northern tundra suddenly swept across the park, reminding Malena that winter, with its freezing temperatures of anything down to minus 20 degrees Celsius and snow drips of up to two metres, was just around the corner. Even large parts of the mighty St. Lawrence River itself froze over in the deepest depths of Canada's bleak winter months. Malana 
and all her high school friends often went skating on the river. They had great fun and would spend hours messing around until the port authorities shouted at them to get off. Quebec City in winter was no place for those that lived their lives on the streets. They would be dead from hypothermia within days. At last, their mother turned up, and for once she was sober, lucid and amiable. Melania gave her mother a large hug. She didn't kiss her, as she had no idea where her mother had been or what company she had kept. Their father still loved their mother, and every Saturday morning made sure that Melania and her sister had enough money to buy shoes, clothes and food. Whatever their mother needed, money was no object. He made it clear, though, that they were not to give the money to their mother, as she was simply spending it on alcohol and drugs. Every week, Melena's father, who ran the family's highly profitable winery business that had been owned by the family for decades, would go to the local charities that provided clean needles for homeless drug addicts and collect fresh supplies along with empty boxes to dispose of the used needles. If their mother remembered to bring her used box back, which invariably she didn't, he would take the box back to the places that sterilised them and leave money for the charity to carry out its mission. The staff at the various centres knew him well. He hated going to those places. He went more out of compassion than desire, but it was still a place he dreaded going to. Many people criticised him for doing this, as they saw it as a means of temptation, for, for providing the clean needles was only fueling the issue. But what else could their father do? He spent a vast amount of money paying for rehab programs along with various treatments, and while they temporarily helped, inevitably their mother would return to her addictive ways. Malena and her sister supported their father on this matter, as they couldn't stop their mother from abusing drugs, so at least she had clean needles. Today's top priority for Milana was to take her mother to see some of the new charity centres that were opening up across the city that would provide warmth and shelter over the winter months. Her father had given her a list of the places he had visited and made inquiries over the last few days. Whichever one her mother chose, she would let her father know so that he could at least make a financial contribution to the shelter and make sure their heating bill was covered. It was difficult for Milana and her sister having to do this every week. She was 15 and her younger sister was 12, and very often she resented the fact that she had to be placed in this position through no fault of her own. She was a stroppy teenager who wanted to go out shopping with her friends on a Saturday and not have to be dealing with an alcoholic, drug-addict mother. Her father understood how she and her sister felt. They had talked about the situation on numerous occasions. He still loved his wife, but she would have nothing to do with him, who would only talk to her daughters, and that was on a good day. So you can see the story, guys, because it's quite a, a challenging story. It's a deep uh, story. It's multifaceted. Faceted. It's there's a lot of meanings to it, and it's the story really of, as I said, you know, Malana having to be in a position of dealing with um, not particularly very nice issues, 
and especially being a, a teenager, when she should be out, you know, with her friends, having fun, enjoying life. Um, how did the story come about? Well, you know, I say to everybody, I'm going to say, how did the story come about and why did the story come about? Well, I'll start with the how on this occasion. In 2015, I had the great honour of being in Quebec City. So that's why the story is based in Quebec City. And I was there at the time of the fall. Now, in America and North, um, uh, North America, Canada, the fall is a spectacular time of the year when you see all the colours of the leaves, the changing. And it's wonderful to see it. It really is an eye-watering spectacle. It's brilliant. And I say to any kids around the world, you know, if you ever get the chance to go and see the fall in America or Canada, go. It's a wonderful experience. But, uh, and of course, you see, the thing about the fall is that it's, it's the start, really, of the winter. And of course, in Canada, Quebec City, the winter temperatures, well, they can drop down to minus 20. And any um, homeless person or, you know, somebody on the streets is not going to survive those temperatures. And when I was in Quebec City, I... The part that I talk about and all the places where I've put the character Malena, I've been to those places, I've seen them, I've touched them, I've visited them. And it was also, um, when I was in the park, there was a group of people who were, you know, street people, down and outs, drug addicts. And I could listen into their social worker uh, talking to them about how they sorted out their um, accommodation for the winter because it's very cold there in Canada in winter. And so when I was looking to put a character to talk about the issues of homeless, um, um, drug addictions and alcohol addictions, and that's where I thought, ah, I remembered those guys sitting in the park and that's why I put the story here. That's why I put Malena in Quebec City. And that's why I gave her the age of being 15, because this story is really a little bit more on the older side of my kids' stories. And it's also... Um, I wanted to also bring in about a little story about um, oh, school bullying. And I thought, how am I going to do that? But I had, when I was in the hotel in Quebec City, I was listening to the Prime Minister Justo Trudeau talking about um, issues regarding mental health. And that's where I got the idea of, um, although this is you know, a fictional story, fictional characters, um, about bringing in school bullying. And this really was so... I put in the story that Malena meets um, the Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, and she asks him a question about how she, he was going to, or what's his government going to do about the um, you know, people of the homeless people, the people with mental health issues. Um, and he, she was expecting to be brushed off. As I say, this is all fictional. It's not real. 
And she was surprised with the answer. Because although he said to her, you know, I don't have the answer to solve everything, and nor does my government. And sometimes, you know, we have to take our own responsibilities to um, sort issues out. But he does this by telling her the story of um, how he, when he was at school, dealt with a, a bullying issue of one of his friends who, who wasn't like most of the lads in um, his school year, you know, into ice hockey, that, that tough game. He's, he was into dance and he was a bit effeminate in his ways and he got picked on and bullied and to the point that he was almost to the point of him you know being taking his own life and it's how he relates that story back to Milena of what he did to um, overcome his friend's problem and how he pointed out to the to the bullies exactly what they were doing because they didn't realize what they were doing they were just lads, kids, um, and they, they didn't understand the harm that they were doing. And so he, he's telling her the story of this, and he's dropping the hints as what he did, and really giving her an indication as to how, go, how to go about um, her own issues to, to resolve, to you know, address. So she was quite surprised by that. So that, so that was really how the story came about. It was me going into Quebec City, uh, seeing the down and outs there, listening to um, Justin Trudeau, the Canadian Prime Minister on the TV, talking about mental health issues. So when I wanted to put a story uh, together about homelessness, as I said, drug abuse uh, and alcoholism, which some teenagers and young people have to face with their parents, um, unfortunately, you know, falling on hard times. That's when I had the idea of giving the character Malena this storyline and putting it in Quebec City in Canada. That's how the story really came about. Why did I write the story? Well, again, I, I've really touched upon this already. It was... I, you know, when we, over here in the UK we have a um, a program that comes on once a year, and it's all about the BBC Children in Need. And when I used to watch that program, you see some children needing support because they are the main support in a family, supporting adults with mental health issues, challenges, um, addictions, and I thought it would be fantastic to write a story about this. So that's why I wrote the story. It was all to do with covering off and saying to kids that some kids in the world, their teenage years, their childhood years, are robbed by unfortunate circumstances. And they're faced to, to deal with these issues. And I felt it was important to, like in all my other stories, they've all got an issue, they've all got a challenge, they're all talking about something, that I put this story in. So that's why it came about. So the how was how it came about in Quebec City, and the why is watching the programme from the BBC, uh, Children in Need, and the need to 
talk about this from a child's perspective. Anyway, next week. Well, at the moment you should have 14 stickers. Next week you're going to have 15. And the next sticker will be Tibet. Um, officially now known as the Tibetan Autonomous Region of China. But it's here that we're going to meet Yeshe. Now, Yeshe is my young Tibetan Buddhist boy. And it's the story of this young boy um, living in Lasha, that's where he comes from. And it's the contrast between um, modern day life in Lasha today and the ancient and tradition ways of the past, which he's trying to balance to please his father. Um, it's, so it's a story that will introduce you to the history of the Dalai Lama, the, um, it will introduce you to Tibet, it will take you to the, the high plateaus of the Himalaya, I'll take you right across um, from Lasha, right across Tibet to China, into Beijing, to the Forbidden City. I talk about all sorts of things here. But you'll see that the story is a really fascinating story. And Ying Hei, his friend, his Chinese, which is quite rare for a Tibetan uh, boy and a Chinese boy to be friends, it's how they face modern day in Lasha with the ancient histories of their lives, their traditions. So that will be the podcast 15 next week. Now, I hope you are enjoying the podcast. I normally have a question, but like last week, I didn't have a question. I left you with a thought. And I'm going to leave you with another thought here. And that thought is, what or how would you feel, react, if you were in Malana's situation of having to deal with um, a member of your family who um, has fallen on difficult times and finds life very challenging. Think about it. And it's not easy. And I take my hat off to any youngsters that deal with this and face it. All this is leaving me now to say is thank you for listening. And this is JT Crowley signing off. So wherever you are in the world, listening, watching, I hope you stay safe, have fun, just like my characters. But think about, guys, kids, how different people's lives are influenced by unforeseen circumstances. So on that thought, bye-bye. See you next week in Tibet. Thanks for listening to the Smart Kids. Bye-bye. Want to follow more of their adventures? Check out the Smart Kids by J.T. Crowley on Amazon.com now.